welcome to the Higher Ed Briefing, your dive into the world of education. Every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we'll bring you curated stories from education in the UK and around the globe. Join me, Lewis McKinnon, as we explore the latest trends, insights and inspiring tales in the field of learning. With all that being said, let's move on to our first story. Our first story this morning takes me back to the time to the early 2010s when the UK saw a boom in international student growth via private college networks that used myriad forms of association with higher education institutions mainly to generate revenue through inbound recruitment of international students. UK immigration, quality assurance bodies and the British government largely curtailed this within quite a short space of time leading higher education institutions to develop transnational education partnerships, branch campuses and many other routes to market. But that's for another podcast. The Canadian press report that the Canadian federal government has issued a stern warning to provinces, signalling its willingness to take action against questionable post-secondary institutions that recruit international students if provinces fail to address the issue. Immigration Minister Mark Miller made this announcement while unveiling new regulations aimed at curbing fraud and unethical practices within the International Student Programme, prompted by an investigation that uncovered over 100 cases involving fraudulent admission letters. In Canada, provinces are responsible for accrediting educational institutions eligible to admit international students, including both public universities and colleges, and private establishments. Concerns have been raised regarding the proliferation of private colleges, often located in strip malls, which heavily rely on international student tuition fees while offering subpar education. Miller said Friday the International School Programme has created an ecosystem that is rife with perverse incentives, and that it is very lucrative for the institutions and for provinces that have underfunded their post-secondary schools, Miller said at a press conference at Sheraton College in Brampton, Ontario, that the federal government is coming forward and opening its arms to our provincial partners, territorial partners, to make sure we all do our jobs properly. If that job can't be done, the federal government is prepared to do it. The Immigration Department counted 800,000 active study permits at the end of 2022, a 170% increase over the last decade. The 170% increase in the number of active study permits in Canada reflects the programme's growth and the need for stricter oversight. Miller also addressed the issue of fraudulent admission letters and expressed the intention to set up a system recognising post-secondary schools with higher standards for international students. These standards may encompass housing, mental health services and the student ratio. However, specific details and benefits for recognised schools will be revealed later. The investigation into fraudulent admission letters uncovered over 100 cases, and of the 103 cases reviewed so far, roughly 40% of students appeared to be complicit in the scheme, while the rest were victims of it. This highlights the extent of fraudulent practices within the International Student Programme and the importance of addressing this issue to protect the interests of international students. The announcement has been welcomed by some industry stakeholders who see it as an opportunity to enhance the international student system's trustworthiness and security. 
Concerns have also been raised about the fate of students attending bad actor schools, emphasising the need for comprehensive protections and equal rights for all students. The Canadian government's commitment to addressing these challenges demonstrates its dedication to providing a safe and reputable educational environment for international students, while curbing fraudulent practices and subpar institutions. Sticking with our international student theme, our next story comes from the Irish Independent. English language schools will be regulated for the first time in an attempt to attract international students. A number of English language schools have closed in recent years, leaving students without places, denied refunds and worried about the status of visas allowing them to study in Ireland. The long-awaited regulations will introduce two types of quality labels for schools called International Education Marks IEM. One will be for higher education providers and the second will be for English language education providers. Universities and institutions will have to comply with set standards that relate to the recruitment and admission of international students, as well as the provision of information and student welfare to get the quality marks. The new clampdown was signed off by Cabinet last week under plans brought by Further and Higher Education Minister Simon Harris. Mr Harris said, Ultimately, the aim of the mark is to enhance Ireland's reputation as a trusted destination and an educational hub with excellent standards for international learners seeking a high quality education experience. It is essential to our international reputation and vital to the integrity of our education system. Growing international competition, particularly from countries which formerly were a source of students, are now competing to attract international students to courses conducted in English. While the IEM labels will be voluntary, providers seeking non-EU students who need visas will need to apply for authorisation to use the mark. The government hopes this will attract international students and keep Irish standards up. Mr Harris will lay out the details of the quality marks as he visits South Korea on a four-day trade mission this week alongside the Taoiseach, as well as Ministers for Enterprise and Agriculture. Taoiseach Leo Vadrakar will meet Republic of Korea President Yoon Suk-yeol on Friday. Now, for our final story today, it wouldn't be an episode of the Higher Ed Briefing without an EdTech story, would it? Schools read reports that the UK government allocates £2 million to advance AI-powered lesson planning for teachers. The UK government has committed to providing Oak National Academy with up to £2 million to assist it in realising its vision of offering every teacher a personalised artificial intelligence lesson planning assistant. This funding will support the expansion of Oak's AI-powered quiz builder and lesson planner following a successful pilot program. Oak National Academy, an educational technology platform, has also decided to grant free access to its lessons for edtech companies, encouraging innovation and product development. Matt Hood, Oak's interim CEO, has expressed strong confidence in AI's potential to significantly reduce teachers' workloads this investment is seen as a vital step towards realising the government's goal of providing every teacher with a personalised AI lesson planning assistant. 
The government plans to allocate the funding directly to Oak through grant funding, as the organisation operates at arm's length, thereby circumventing the need to adhere to open procurement rules. Oak intends to leverage its in-house expertise for AI development, but is open to external support when necessary. Officials are due to publish the results of a call for evidence on how AI can improve education next month, with ministers hoping advances in technology can help achieve their aim of slashing teacher workload by five hours per week over the next three years. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan has expressed her belief that AI can streamline administrative tasks, allowing educators to focus on their core responsibilities, teaching and supporting students. To explore AI's potential applications in education, a two-day education hackathon has been initiated, where teachers and school leaders are testing AI's viability in areas such as career guidance and interventions for vulnerable students. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, a proponent of AI's transformative potential in education, views Oak's work as a prime example of the revolutionary benefits technology can bring. The government's investment is expected to have a significant impact on improving the quality of education. Despite the government's commitment to Oak's AI development, critics such as the Association of School and College Leaders ASCL, and the British Educational Suppliers Association BESA, have raised concerns. They question the allocation of funding and the lack of concrete evidence regarding the effectiveness of Oak's AI technology. These critics argue that the development should occur within the existing UK education technology industry and express reservations about the absence of tenders and evidence-informed decision-making. BESA have even initiated a judicial review against Oak, citing the potential existential risk it poses to the publishing and edtech sector. That's all from me today. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Higher Ed Briefing wherever you get your podcast fix to receive a new set of stories every Monday, Wednesday and Friday from the world of education. Links to all stories covered in today's briefing can be found in the episode description along with acknowledgements for the original authors and sources. Higher Ed Briefing is a Higher Ed Media production.